a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. You might have seen President Biden's Wall Street Journal op ed laying out his plan to fight inflation, but in it, did the president admit to making some critical mistakes that actually made the problem of inflation worse. And how much of his plan is going to help bring down those higher costs and what inflation is driving? Uh, joining us once again on the program, Eric Bame is a reporter for Reason Magazine, has a great piece, Reason.com. Uh, and I love the way you frame this, Eric, that uh, President Biden almost, almost admits uh, that his own stimulus spending uh, stoked inflation. Give us the numbers. What does it look like? Yeah, thanks so much for having me on again, Boyd. Always good to be here. Um, I think you're right. This is the closest that we'll probably get to hearing an admission from the White House that uh, the policies that uh, the Biden administration pursued back in uh, early 2021 are largely responsible or at least significantly responsible, let's say, for the inflation that we're feeling now. Uh, that op-ed that ran this week in The Wall Street Journal, of course, it's, it's sort of framed up as Biden laying out a three-point plan to deal with inflation. I read the whole thing. I read it a few times through, and I couldn't actually figure out what points two and three were because it was it's a lot of just boilerplate, kind of the same things that the Biden administration has been talking about doing for months now, uh, just sort of repackaged as like, oh, yeah, this will deal with inflation. Really, it's a one-point plan. The one-point plan is let the Federal Reserve fix this mess that I've made. Yeah, and it's it's such an interesting dynamic there uh, in terms of that messaging. Uh, it really does seem like it was uh, kind of a uh, it's a jamba juice of you know just throw everything into the blender and <laughs> and and kind of come on out. Uh, I know that the president is adding uh, a new uh, kind of a messaging team around the economy. Uh, that's been reported out today to, from some of our sources uh, that they are going to try to shake things up on that message. Uh, and and also interesting this week, I wanted to get your take on it, Eric. Uh, you also had Janet Yellen uh, almost, you know, well, she did say that she was wrong. So that was like a, a big step. And, and then this is equal to all politicians. Most of them have learned that you just don't ever say you're sorry or that you made a mistake. You just keep plowing forward. Uh, but I think this is one of those moments where it is important to say, hey, we did get it wrong. Here's where we are. Here's where we need to go next. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think it's I think it is in some ways. A uh, positive thing to see that the White House is kind of shifting directions on this. On the other hand, it's also uh, it's also telling. It's revealing about the mistakes that were made. Um, because if you think about you know what Biden is saying in in this op-ed, in that that first point where he says, "Well, I'm going to stand back and let the Federal Reserve do what they need to do uh, to to deal with inflation." And so what that is really is that's a signal that says, 
he's not going to try to put any political pressure on the Federal Reserve to not raise interest rates. He's going to let the Federal Reserve do what the Reserve has signaled it's going to do, which is to raise uh, interest rates probably by as much as uh, half a point here in the next month or so. And uh, and that is, of course, a step that the Fed is going to take to cool off the economy. If you raise interest rates, that encourages saving throughout the economy, that gives the excess dollars that are floating around in the economy right now, instead of chasing goods and services, which is how you get inflation, dollars will now have something else to do. Some of them will be tucked away uh, into uh, various forms of saving because of the higher interest rates. And uh, that's a way that you kind of pull monetary value out of the economy, right? It's, it's complicated stuff, but that's the reason why you raise interest rates to deal with inflation. Um, so, so by Biden saying that, by him coming out and saying, look, I, I, the Federal Reserve, what, he, what he's effectively saying, if you read between the lines, is he's saying the Federal Reserve needs to cool off the economy. And of course, that is a pretty stark contrast to the kinds of things that the Biden administration was signaling in early 2021 when they were talking about run it hot economics. And uh, you had liberal commentators in The New York Times talking about how, uh, you know, look, we can run the economy hot without triggering inflation. That's that's obviously wrong now. We know that's wrong. And so it makes sense for the White House to pivot away from that, even if they're doing it somewhat quietly. Right, right. And and it's sort of uh, pushing it all to the Fed to say, well, they're really responsible for this anyway, not 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 our job. And uh, and then, as you mentioned, the the second and third parts of the the plan uh, are I always tell people when you're listening to a politician, if you're deciding who to vote for, if they always talk in sweeping generalities, uh, versus talking in specifics. If they're sweeping generalities, uh, I think you had in your piece uh, his his promise that we've heard a lot this week to take every practical step uh, that makes things more affordable for families. That that sounds great, uh, but there's not a lot of specificity in there uh, that can lead to any kind of policy or any kind of outcome. Yeah, I love that line. I'm glad you highlighted that because the idea of like, oh, I'm going to take every practical step to fix this. And then, well, okay, Mr. President, you've gotten op-ed in the Wall Street Journal. Like, you could literally spell out those steps in black and white for us if you'd like, right here. Uh, no, you know, obviously, I'll, I'll take a pass on that. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of sort of talking about, you know, and, and there's a good point in there as well. He talks about, you know, the need to reduce deficits, which I think is a, a point we've talked about that yes. a lot on this show, right? Absolutely. Boyd, about the out of control debt and deficit. That's a positive thing to hear from the White House. I think in a lot of ways, and we've talked about this before, too, the, the Biden administration is trying to take credit for falling deficits in ways that are kind of disingenuous when they've actually added to the long-term deficit. Um, but, but OK, like so there's some ideas there. How serious they are, how fleshed out they are uh, is pretty debatable. I, I think the bottom line in all of this is that it indicates, it illustrates how powerless the, the president really is to deal with inflation. Um, the president and, and Congress can do a lot to pump money into the economy. It's much harder to slow it down and pull money out. And so it makes sense that the White House's strategy here is really a messaging strategy because there just honestly is not a whole lot else that can be done. This is a, a thing we're going to have to ride through, a thing that hopefully the Federal Reserve can land softly without a recession. And uh, and the White House at this point has to just kind of figure out a way to politically message its way through uh, what is obviously a rocky economic time for the country and a rocky political time for uh, the administration. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was with you as you were uh, outlining those uh, those points when he did get to talking about, uh, you know, getting to debt and deficits like, OK, hey, there's there's something we can actually all come together on. We all agree on that. Yeah. And then, of course, the test is now what can you actually do about that uh, in the short term? So as you look at this, Eric, uh, again, a lot of it, as you said, is going to be messaging. 
how do we make sure, because to me, the fear of the recession comes as the American people lose confidence in it. Yeah. And so how do you, how does the president lay out a message that is both positive and forward leaning, but is not so out of the reality of what the American people are experiencing that he actually undermines trust in the administration as well as trust in the economy? Yeah, I mean, just real quick, your point about the deficit is very well taken. I mean, again, this is an example of where Biden can say one thing uh, in vague generalities. But then on the other hand, the, the budget that he presented to Congress, what, just two months ago was one that was going to raise taxes and yet was also going to end up with a larger deficit. Uh, so uh, you can you know, judge him by what he's done, not by what he said, I suppose, on that until we see uh, better from the White House on the deficit front. Um, when it comes to, yeah, to the recession, I mean, that's Obviously, that's a tricky thing, um, as can, as tricky as politics is at times. I think kind of navigating uh, the the market is even more difficult, uh, particularly when you when you have a country that has gone through, you know, a, a difficult time over the last uh, couple of years with the uh, you know the the pandemic and the economic consequences of that, and now you've got uh, the specter of a recession. And I think there's a lot of kind of fear and uncertainty just built up in people to begin with. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's I think it's a risky time for the country as a whole. I think one of the reasons why Biden was able to get elected, one of the reasons why he was picked out of that plethora of candidates and the reason why he won the general election is that he was seen as a, a stable hand, as a veteran, as a guy who was uh, going to be able to steer the ship away from uh, some of the turbulence that we'd had recently. Uh, I'm mixing metaphors there, <laughs> but uh, this is the real test for him, right, is to be able to do that now. Uh, in difficult circumstances, in circumstances that he has made more difficult, with some of the decisions he made early in his administration. Uh, and now, you know, this is the real test is, is can you bring this home? Can you land it yeah. uh, without things uh, getting worse? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll even add one more metaphor. Uh, and that is uh, when the when the sea is calm and the breeze is light and the sun is out, <laughs> everybody's a great captain. But when the sure. when the waves are rolling, the storm comes in, uh, that's that's when uh, that's you find out who can captain. There you go. All right. Eric Bain, fantastic writing and thinking as always reporter for Reason magazine. You can check out his piece at uh, Reason dot com. Eric, thanks for joining us. All right, uh, great stuff from Eric as always, and it's a good it's a good reminder when we talk about things in generalities, we very rarely succeed. When we talk about things in the specifics, we very rarely fail, and that's the messaging we got to get to. Stay with us. Final thoughts coming up after this. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.